0: Scott, what's that message you sent me seconds before the space starts? Market is dumping.
1: Yeah, everything's... uh, Well, we obviously saw altcoins were dropping, but looks like Bitcoin could potentially be following.
0: Did anything trigger it?
1: Uh, I don't know. Animal spirits, the ghost of Satoshi. uh, I have no idea. I would say that there's people who are spooked by this uh, FTX rumored sell-off, potentially, but still, I mean, at this moment, I'm going to have to go look at the charts, still sort of holding support.
0: Yes, let me have a look. So, so Bitcoin's down 1.6 percent for the day. It's at 25.4.
1: Yeah, I think the key it, it's it's not really about the uh, percentage price on a day like today. It's uh, whether it's going to sort of break this key level around 25,200 or not, or whether that's going to hold a support because that uh, move down now just tapped that August low for the first time, which is also the key level we've discussed, we'll, we'll get into it, I think, I think more, but uh, was sort of 2, th- 25, 212, 214 or so was the first higher high in the entire bear market sort of structure. So it's just really a key level in my mind. So we'll, we'll see what happens here. Uh, right now, it's just still kind of ranging sideways, but looking a bit iffy.
0: Yeah, I'm just having a look. It just hit just below 25.3K at 25.28. Yeah. Um, so that 25, maybe maybe since uh, Gareth is here, Gareth, maybe you could tell us a bit about the uh, the importance of that 25.2k level and why it's so important.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so I hope everyone's doing well. But basically, what we have here is the low from August, like like Scott said, was right around that 25. 25- two-ish level, 25, three level. Um, and then we also hit that same level on September 1st and again, September 6th, and here we are attacking it. So in terms of a level, I mean, I think it's I think it's people stepping up just before the 25K, uh, you have the bullish mentality or the psychology of an investor or trader is to say, oh, you know, there'll be a lot of people buying at 25,000. So let me just buy just ahead of that level. And I think that's what's kind of established this pivot point here. The problem is people that jump ahead, usually end up taking losses later on. So my guess is, uh, again, based on the price action, you, you likely have a move down to 248 which is that pierce of 25,000. And that is the low going back to June. It's the June 14th and 15th low. And that'll be the next stopping point. So 24,800 um. So again, it, it's going to be interesting to see I was seeing, uh, you know, a lot of the altcoins again, you know, moving lower and lower and lower, never ending, it seems like and, and this is just adding to that kind of, kind of kind of this negativity in the crypto sector that I, I really think started about um, about a month ago when we've had that dump out where we dropped from about 30,000 down to this 25 and change level, where it's this this negativity out there that is really what bear markets need to flush out those final hands. And again, how low it goes, we'll have to find out. But um, but yeah, it's definitely not a pretty picture. I mean, you don't look at this chart and say, wow, that's a great chart, right?
1: Especially, yeah. And I think, Gareth, especially in the context, is something I was talking about this morning with McGlone and, and Dave Weisberger was, when you see altcoins start dropping like this, it's not usually uh, showing you that Bitcoin's about to do something strong to the upside right i mean yep. in, in this market when things are sideways and you start to see things selling off it usually ends up just showing you that bitcoin's about to likely do the same thing and, and benjamin obviously we have you here um you're my go-to if i if i see like a red across the altcoin market i'm gonna be like get cowan get him out here we got to talk to him about what's happening with the altcoins but
3: this is pretty much still just playing out exactly as you've been talking about for months right yeah, I mean, and again, like sort of what Gareth was saying, how really everything kind of changed about, what, a couple months ago when Bitcoin had that move down. And it, it's really in line with what we've seen historically, right? I mean, Bitcoin sort of normally tops out halfway through the halving year. And, and when it goes down, altcoins just get wrecked again. And, and that's why the altcoin market is so brutal, because you know, altcoins didn't really do that well, all things considered, for the first half of the year, right? If you look at things like total three, I mean, it's basically already near the lows, even though Bitcoin is still well off of its lows. So, you know, if the altcoin market can't go up that much when Bitcoin goes up, then what happens to the altcoin market when Bitcoin goes down? Um, and I, I think Gareth is right. I mean, I, I think um, 24.8 is, is a pretty important level. Do note that in 2019, we sort of took out that June low, which is the same low as here today, which was 24.8. Right before the Death Cross occurred, and the Death Cross is occurring tomorrow. So if it if it wants to play out like 2019, it still has the opportunity to do so, and that would basically be a, be to take out that 24.8K level, you know, sometime relatively soon. And then in 2019, you know, there were there was a relief rally into the Death Cross, but again, everything for the rest of the year just resulted in a lower high. So my expectation is that we will likely eventually take out that 24.8K level. And we will experience some relief rallies, but everything for Bitcoin this year, for the rest of the year, which, you know, for the next, like, you know, three to four months should be, I, I would guess, would just be another lower high. And all coins um, will likely just keep going down. And again, like just sort of one last thing. And I, I say this every time I come on here, right? There's always people that say, well, everyone's bearish on the altcoin market. Therefore, the contra trade is that it's, it's bullish. But I mean, how long have we been hearing that? And how long, you know, do we just keep seeing all coins push lower?
1: Yeah, that all makes sense. Uh, as, Mario, do can you want I, to sort of jump? go ahead? Go ahead, Gareth.
2: I was just going to jump in and just say, and when, what Ben just said is, you know, people have been saying, "Oh, everyone's bearish," but, but no, I, like that's that's just not true. Like if you've experienced the two thousand eight, two thousand nine financial collapse, like we haven't even gotten to those periods of the dot com collapse or or any of these. I mean, if this is the if this is the if this is the crypto equivalent of the dot coms, like. Yeah, that 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 sentiment is not even close to negative enough to to really put in a low pivot.
1: Except for that, the coins are already down like ninety eight, ninety nine percent on the smaller. Cases. Well, yeah, but in- some you know even larger ones eighty five or ninety. That doesn't mean you can't go down further. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying if we're comparing to the to the stock to to that point in the dot com era, that's about where they uh, ended. Well-
2: but how many? How many of those coins? Like, think about the dot coms and the crap, crap stocks that They're basically gone. went out of business and just you know evaporated. And have we seen enough of that in the crypto market yet? I don't well, and know.
3: remember too that the dot com crash lasted two and a half years. You know, I mean, two and a half years from the peak, and we're we're about two years out now, right? Yeah, exactly. H- it mar- how, long,
0: how, long, how long has this been? How long is this bear market? Sorry, I was just arguing with the delivery driver. How long has this bear market lasted, by the way? How long has it been?
3: Well, I mean, since it depends on if you measure it from April of 2021 or November, if you measure it from November, we're not even at the two year mark yet. If you measure it from April, then the two and a half year mark is going to hit here in October. Um, If you measure it from like April of 2021. But again, like just looking at the altcoin market and and comparing it to the Nasdaq, if it wants to follow the dot-com crash, basically what it would mean would be altcoins basically bleed for the next 3 to 6 months and then sometime late this year or early 2024 they they actually find a true bottom and then start which aligns with the four year cycle exactly Which aligns with the having cycle i mean perfect exactly and, i mean again like the altcoin market last cycle did not even bottom out until 2 months before the having right i mean like it's not it's not that this time is different it's like this is this is what it did last time <laughs>
0: So when so it, it you said Scott it aligns with the Bitcoin halving. So what month is that exactly? If well, he uh, would be but, What
1: Benjamin's basically saying here is you would look for a first quarter twenty twenty four bottom for altcoins. Then we would likely see, uh, you know, obviously. Uh, start to see the market start to heat up through the summer but probably chop through the summer and then we start to see a bull market at the end of the year i mean if if it's like the other cycles and that would align with uh, a lot of different things and once again would make it uh that we didn't really have to have these conversations over and over again because it would be exactly like the times before
3: well think about how everything else played out like you know more or less the same, right? Bitcoin peaks half with you the pre having year. Bitcoin, you know, found its first bottom at the end of Q4, you know, in Q4 of, the, of 2022. I mean, are we all just overcomplicating the same pattern? Yes.
1: Yes, I think Peter raised his hand. Peter, I would like think... to hear your thoughts as you raised your hand. Sorry, go ahead.
4: Yeah, uh, I mean, the last few times that we've had corrections in Bitcoin of approximately 80% or so, we haven't gotten quite there, uh, almost. You know, it's just been, uh, on average, 40 months before we see a new all-time high. So I, I, this is just not surprising that the market's chopping along. I mean, I really don't. And, and I, by the way, I use that April 2021 high, the orthodox high. So, you know go 40, 41, 42 months from there and you know, probably then subtract another four months in terms of where the market turns back to the upside. I, I mean, market's vulnerable here. I, we could easily go back for sure to 16, 17,000. I can't rule out a new low.
1: Yeah, but so, Peter, just by that rationale, just doing the quick math, that once again puts us at uh late 2024 early 2025 correct
4: yeah but before we see a new all-time high before we take yeah. out that 70,000 level correct
1: yeah it's just aligned with every having cycle it's incredible go ahead and, and mario i know that michael uh, has limited time here
0: yeah yeah, yeah. i want to dig into so uh, what i want to Gareth, give, get your final thoughts so i want to get into the 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 hack that um vitalik went through just gonna get some more experience you got a few people on stage that were hacked um, so, by the way, Ryan, you want to accept the co-host invite. But Gareth, get your final thoughts on this, um, yeah, the, 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 the fact that we're going to be in for, for a long sideways movement after April, after we bottom in April, and then we hopefully get a bull market by end of next year.
2: Yeah, I was just going to just mention one last thing, which was the the interesting thing about this cycle is that if if you have this will be the first four year cycle in Bitcoin, like if it plays out just like the last, the positive to it is it gives us a lot of information that the Fed tightening doesn't necessarily screw up the four year cycle. And I think that as as an investor, that's a big thing, right? Versus having to always worry, is the Fed going to be raising rates or cutting rates? If the four year cycle plays out the same way, then then that's great information going into the future cycles.
0: Yeah, so I wanted to, so, uh, Scott. Do you want me to read? The, is this a quick pieces of news that I want to quickly go through? It's about five, and then we'll yeah, get into the hack, um, Vitalik's hack. So, uh, we've got obviously the FTX news that FTX liquidations could be uh, could be coming in soon, and, and so so will probably be hit the hardest. I think that you know most of this should have been already priced in, so I don't see much pricing back there. But we'll discuss that in a bit. Um, we also have FTX trying to claw back celebrity payments. We'll discuss that briefly. Um, and Sam, something funny about Sam—he's trying to get out of jail now. His um, his complaint is that the internet is not—he's having a lot of internet issues. Um, so he's trying to, to uh, you know, be- he does
1: have to review like four million pages of exactly. documents, though, which is a bit challenging with bad internet.
0: Yeah, so so you know his argument in this case makes sense. Um, we've got a funny story of someone overpaying five hundred thousand dollars for one Bitcoin transaction, but the more important news is two. First, tech volume has surpassed NFT volume. Probably not important for most people here, but pretty surprising. tech now has more volume than NFTs. But uh, then again, that's not really much of an achievement in today's market. And lastly, the most important news for me is the G20. Um, and I'm trying to, to we, we've talked about this a few days ago. Uh, the news today is that members are working towards, quote, a modern international tax system appropriate to the needs of the 21st century. Essentially a tax system for crypto. Uh, but let's dig into the Vitalik hack. Um, so I think you've all seen the hack it was on there was a tweet on his page that said the following to celebrate Dank sharding pro sorry proto dank sharding day coming to ethereum consensus is ma- is marking the moment with a commemorative nft proto honors the work of the devs who made this possible the collection is free for the next 24 hours claim your piece of history so Vitalik is <laughs> based on this tweet launched an nft collection um what do we know about the hack uh, I know someone's trying to unmute yeah. I, don't I, mean, know I, I, think, have I think we time. can
1: dig into it a minute. I just like on the broad strokes, I think what's really notable here and why when this story came out, I was pretty a- adamant that we um, talk about it today. We invited Peter, Hasib, a few people, uh, Michael Turpin, of course, uh, myself, who've been through SIM swaps, is that y- your expectation, obviously, is that nobody on the planet has better OPSEC than someone like Vitalik Buterin, right? They're going to have their wallet secured. They're going to understand how to secure all their accounts. But this can still happen even without them getting. Uh, their crypto stolen. Obviously, it's very easy to hack their Twitter account, send out a phishing link and catch people unaware and for a hacker to make a ton of money. And so to me, it really highlights the importance of for the average person, A, avoiding those type of phishing links, but also understanding how to secure your social media so that you don't become a victim of this on the other side. Really fast context. uh, Hasib is here Um, we're old friends at this point, but we became friends because I got SIM swapped and Charlie Schramm immediately introduced me to Hasib. Hasib helped me out tremendously. And then Hasib said, well, listen, I I have a secure, uh, phone service. I can secure your SIM card. You'll never have to worry about it again. And I said, man, listen, I just got SIM swapped. I I don't really trust anyone. And he said, I can SIM swap you in five minutes. And this is after I'd been through T-Mobile, Uh, saying my account was completely secured. I had every extra thing. And literally 90 seconds later, I gave Hasib permission to basically do it as a white hat. And he did it, and converted me to his service, and I've had no problems since. But he's the absolute master of understanding the sim swaps here. And Peter, you've uh, been sim swapped recently. Your Twitter, you had a similar situation where they were tweeting links from you. And Michael, obviously, you were the victim of one of the bigger uh, sim swaps in in history. Um, so that that gives the context of why to me this is so important because people we we just keep getting seeing these things happen. Huge names getting sim swapped, and then people end up ending up being victimized. Uh, uh,
5: quick. Quick Quick question, quick question. Have have we determined that it is a SIM swap? I haven't seen that definitively because you can obviously get into the Twitter via a SIM swap, but you can also get in it simply by finding out what the password for Twitter is.
1: Uh, I, I, from what I heard, so M- Michael, you might be correct, but what I heard was that uh, he, he was SIM swapped, but that, that could be inaccurate and I don't want to, uh, w- we'll, we'll get our research team on that right now, but I believe that somebody brute forced basically into his Twitter through his phone. Is that is it, you, you were obviously SIM swapped, Michael. I mean, maybe you could tell us the, the brief story of what happened with you and, and any lessons you learned there.
5: Well, I think for the most part... Um... <clears throat> You know, besides uh, obviously my litigation against the the hackers and uh, against the AT and i I've been a proponent of getting the laws changed. And um, under the, I did an open letter to the FCC because it's pretty simple to change that to to eliminate this. And other nations have done it. You simply make sure that the passwords are, are are covered. So when you get a PIN code, and oftentimes they will tell you that, oh, you now have a celebrity pin code that's like a couple digits longer. What they don't say is that doesn't matter how many digits it is, as long as somebody from AT&T or Verizon or any of the other carriers can automatically override it with a $9 an hour employee, it's meaningless. And so what you need to do is you need to simply have um, it by law, um, you know, covered so that you punch it in the same way you do um, your pin code at an ATM. If you go into a bank and say, I forgot my pin code, can you look it up for me? You know, they can't do that. Otherwise, they'd be able to print off a card and drain your bank account to whatever the daily limits are. And um, under Trump's administration, I got ignored. Under Biden's administration, they actually did uh, start um, a proposed regulation for this. And at and lobbyists have uh, gummed it up for more than a year, uh, saying that uh, any change would hurt the little guy, which, of course, is ridiculous
1: yeah i mean to to be clear what michael's t- talking about is you can have all the protections in the world but if an employee uh takes a hundred dollars to pay you off and s- swap your sim it makes no difference right or if somebody gets your information uh on the dark web or someone else and let's be frank I think which is what everybody's ha- which information is, wh- is out there
5: right which is what happened uh in my case um uh jameel smith uh you know got a couple of hundred bucks from the gang this is you know in, in my case, it's also been, you know, proven in discovery. Um, and it was not the first time he did it. So, um, you know, that's... So, but, but Michael, that's can, a, you,
0: can you can explain exactly... Did what exactly? Like, for just for us, I've never been
5: sim-swapped. Took, uh, you know, took I, a bribe. Go ahead. Took a bribe. Took a bribe. So in the early days of sim-swapping, it was about, you know, trying to spoof someone into uh, tricking them. And then the criminals realized that there's a simpler way of doing it. Uh, most of these gangs have...
1: Did Michael jump Yeah, out? I lost Michael there. Yeah, so sorry. essentially, Scott. Oh, you're back, Michael. Yeah,
0: oh, sorry, go ahead. Sorry, oh,
5: they, Sorry, no, that was, yeah, was an alarm going off that that I have to leave it in a mirror too. But you no, know, what happened was um, the the employees um, are targeted by the gangs, and each of the each of these gangs has a half a dozen or more people basically on payroll and um you know um, Ellis Pinsky uh who you know agreed as part of the um you know settlement with him to testify against AT&T, I mean he has said and this is public record um you know that uh, he had all these people on uh, payroll and they would take anywhere from hundred to five hundred dollars to go in and just say that I was in the store and I looked for an upgrade I put in my a driver's license it didn't scan so they did a manual override that's how easy it is and that needs to be stopped
1: no matter how many protections you have from corporate, to be clear, and like you Correct. said, the other path, by the way, Mario, is the the more common. What was more common was that they socially engineer you, basically, right? They get your phone number and and a bit of information on you, and then they call and, and fool an employee into thinking it's you, swap your SIM into their phone, and that's the other way that it happens.
0: It just it just seems like see, Hasib. Uh, 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 I'll let you jump in because obviously Scott told us a story, his story with you. Um, like I feel bad for the people that hacked you. Scott like, came out probably dry, nothing, nothing at all. Like well, yeah, but time. The People who
1: hacked me were very public about it. It was another gang, like uh, like Michael said. It was some guy Bobo, literally, somewhere in Europe, and was bragging that he had sim swapped me and all this. But I didn't lose any coins. But it was a nightmare.
0: Hold on. So, so they they brought they, they sorry they were bragging about sim swapping you, but they were not docs. Yeah, it was just an anonymous person, correct?
1: Yeah, it was some famous hacker apparently named Bobo. This is as far as we got. Who was like on Reddit message boards and saying that they had sim swapped me.
0: Yeah, so so Haseeb, um, can you like it? For me, it just sounds so easy. Like if you if I can know some information about your date of birth, your your address, um, um, I don't know if you have like a passcode. What what information do you need, and how common is it?
6: Uh, sure. So first of all, uh, you need only three pieces of information to sims up someone. Number one, you need the telephone number. Obviously, it's very easy to find. Uh, the Twitter hack uh, database available. You can go online. Put someone Twitter username and it will give you a telephone number of theirs. You can also verify it by clicking forget password on Twitter and it will verify this number, is using this, this person is using this number. Super simple. It takes like maybe two minutes to do it. Once you have the number, you can just find their account number and pin. Account number is, again, it's on top of your bill. So what people do is they can, you can literally walk into a store and tell them, oh, I forgot my ID or something. And they will give you an account number. And same with the PIN too. PIN is a four, letter, four to six letter code that you can get. The challenge is that we are dealing with people who actually get employed on these stores just to SIMSAP people. They don't have any other purpose. They just get in the store. They're, their goal is not to make $10 per hour, but they're going to SIMSAP because every SimSApper is making, every SIMSAP they get paid around $500 to $1,000 per, per SIMSAP. They do 20, 30. They make like 15, 20K. They move on to a different store. And because these stores are not connected to the main corporate stores, employment-wise, uh, because they are not W-2, they are more like 1099s, uh, they don't even have a record. So, if they, like in banking, if you get fired, you cannot work on another bank. But in cell phone store, it doesn't happen. So, you can switch between store to store and make shit ton of money. And that's what is causing us.
0: And, uh, uh, but it's a criminal – it is a criminal offense, yeah? So, these guys, when they're caught,
6: they go to jail. I'm not saying it's not worth it for them, but they do go to jail if it doesn't work, Correct. Uh, it works. The challenge is that the how it works is Michael Turpin is very well versed on that. The way it works is, first of all, a lot of the people are youngsters. So they are up, uh, they're underage, so they can't be, you know, like penalized as regular people. Right. That's the challenge. The second part is it's a part of a cartel. Like if I work in a store, I can just say that, oh, I got SIMSAP. Someone came with the ID, like Scott came with the ID um, and I can just pretend I just got doxxed. Right. Like I just I just got screwed. Like I, I, got, I made a mistake. And it's a part of a cartel. I believe a lot of people within the exchanges and a lot of people within the banks are also part of the cartel. Because a lot of hacks that I saw happen right after they put the money into exchange. So they put the money into exchange. In three days, they were hacked. Like
1: Yeah, you- yeah see the reason I knew that the the thing that gave me the tip off, like, as you know, just so people know, Is that, first of all, I saw my phone service go dead. I didn't think anything of it, but immediately, luckily, because I was getting them still, they had also hacked my email, by the way, uh, which is what they do. But I started getting these reset for everything. A Coinbase, which I didn't even have any money on Coinbase, but a Coinbase password reset. Did you reset your password? Blah, blah, blah. You get a slew of all these things, and then you realize that somebody is basically trying to do an SMS authentication to go in and that's what they do right i mean is that, is that if you're using sms authentication which almost everyone is on twitter which is how these accounts happen they take over your number they reset your password that goes to their sms to get the code instead of to you because they now have your phone and that's that's the uh, how this happens
6: and the challenge with the sms to fa is like you know i think i my bank doesn't support any other form of authentication like right. one of the top banks IRS doesn't support it, uh, you know, like, and frankly, like, even this is like, and I think on, I, I, and on Twitter, there was that 97% of people use SMS 2FA, 97% of people. That's so, crazy. That's crazy. I know. That's insane. But how, You're can you tell us? Uh, uh, on, what do you think on Coinbase would be? Uh, I think I saw the report like three years ago uh, on Coinbase. What would you SMS 2FA? What's the percentage? Take a guess. What
0: percentage of accounts have a 2FA?
6: Uh, SMS 2FA. SMS tools. Oh, it's gotta be like 90 percent. for a long time they didn't even offer any other kind if you yeah remember. it was 90 90 92 percent or something so right. deeper... and, you know, I,
1: I would almost argue i'm not going to say this like practically but sms authentication is almost worse than no authentication in
6: in some cases we can debate about this all day long but again but,
0: uh, uh, hold on so, so i've got two questions for you by the way david you're now my favorite speaker on the show uh, you should see what he tweeted, what he commented, uh, Scott. Check your notifications.
1: <laughs> Silver, just, what did he epic. say?
0: <laughs> Silver Miller, victim of crypto swim fraud. It's like you know that better call Sal, the of banner. Like yes, he, yes, you yes, got, he,
1: you got Dave us. He's not billing us, but he's farming our, he's farming our <laughs> listeners as we speak in real time.
0: It's epic, I swear. Right, we'll we'll go to you, David, in a, a bit, in a bit, just understand your services a bit better. No jokes aside, uh, see My question is, how did you get uh, Scott's? Um, Sim, you know, Scott was pretty hesitant to give you to use your service, which I'm curious about without shilling it. Like, what is it? Like, what, how can he offer a service? Why should we trust another third party? But then you also, so Scott said he wasn't interested, and then you, you managed to swap, swim, swap, swap him in, in a few minutes,
6: and then he was convinced. How the hell do you do it? So, first of all, uh, people should know that I've been a victim of Sims's poor time myself too. Uh, And that's how we started a service. Like I I used to run a Bitcoin ATM operation. For people who don't know, uh, the company went public two months ago. One of the few companies that went public in crypto. Um, And then, um, uh, yeah, so I was a hacked victim. So I started looking into forums where these hackers hang out. Uh, They were OG forum. They're like a lot of forum where you can buy Twitter usernames, hacked, hacked accounts and everything. So I started looking into why people were hacking me. And I figured out how do they attempt it. So I know that FCC have a rule that, which is like you know, uh, they said that within four hours the number has to be swapped. So if you're changing carriers within four hours, it has to move. So carriers have automated it. They said as long as these three information is correct, which is account number, telephone number, a pin number, let the number go regardless of whatever protection you have on the phone. It does not matter at all. So I knew that. I asked him put all the protection on the phone. Because T-Mobile or any carrier will say, oh, we have put all the protections. And just give me this information, I'll SIMSAP you right away. We just put the information in, and it just SIMSAPed. That's pretty much what happens. Uh, there's no rocket science there. Um, and the way we did it was we, we put extra check because we, I, I came from a crypto background, so I knew how it happened. And we made it impossible to make any change. Like on our website, you cannot even make a change on the account. Uh, not even I have access to do anything by myself. So it's like we have, within our company, we have multiple multi-factor authentication and there's no plan. Like we, do, we cannot even uh, change you from family plan to another plan because it costs so much money. Uh, so just putting extra authentication and I just built that there should be a service for uh, people who are important. They don't have to go to like a regular cell phone service. So like a VIP or business class for cell phone. Hold on. Yeah, but then why do you accept Scott?
0: I don't understand. Like, how, how, what, what do you consider as important?
6: Uh, important people like we work with mostly celebrities and uh, uh, and Fortune five hundred companies. Oh, That's right. our- It was the last cycle. Oh god, yeah, it's the last it was oh, we were all rich at some point of time in our life, Mario. Yeah,
1: you know it was different it was different time uh, time in the yeah. world. Peter, Peter, you've also you also recently were a victim of one of these major Twitter hacks. I would love to hear your story. I assume it was a sim swap as well, I believe.
4: Yeah, it was a SIM swap, uh, August 11th. I was back down in Tucson for a couple weeks. Um, And just like you, the phone goes dead. But before the phone went dead, here's here's the key deal, is we started getting slammed. The numbers started getting slammed with text messages at a rate of about uh, 200 a minute. Bing, 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 bing. Because disguised in all of that uh, was T-Mobile's Text message, which basically said, uh, "There's a swim. There, there's a SIM request. Press one." They want to you to lose it in ex- there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, but if you don't press anything, it gets swapped. And, and so the default was to violate my privacy. The default was not to protect me. Um, I can't say a lot about how it broke down at T-Mobile because we're in some litigation with that. But nevertheless. Within five minutes after the SIM swap, they took over my Twitter account and they tweeted out basically a scam crypto uh, promotion, which drove people to a website that had already been prepared in advance with my picture with the company name. And so the thing was extremely well orchestrated. Um I, I, in addition to that, of course, there was request to reset passwords at crypto exchanges. The so they, they did go
1: for yours as well. That, that's interesting because that's more of a 2 prong. mine that there wasn't an intention. I don't think of scamming other people. They were just trying to get my money. In this case, they were setting you up a to you know for to use your Twitter account to share phishing links and get other people's money, but they did also try on the back end to get into your exchanges as well.
4: Yeah. Also, direct. They directly went through my DM lists, and so they started hitting my DM contacts.
1: Crazy. Guys, does does, does, does Mario, yeah, Mario, the, I don't know if you know this really quick, but Michael Turpin, who was here before and and he left, he was SIM swapped for twenty two. They got twenty two million dollars from him.
0: I know. Just the to story. Give
1: people, yeah, just to give people the context of how big this can be especially when he was sort of one of the first high profile people in crypto to have this happen but an absolutely absurd and massive hack of an individual
0: um a a question and and that one goes to hasibo anyone else um if you if you uh, if you have two-factor authentication does that fix the problem or sim swapping still can happen with two-factor authentication
6: it can happen it can happen. So the challenge is that it all depends on, I think Twitter by default is putting your telephone number in the account. Um, and I, I I think I should write a guide on that too. And the challenge, like my account was verified before Twitter launched Blue. So for us, it's not required, but people who registered after, they need to have their telephone number in the account to be verified. You can remove it after, but by default, it stays there. So, uh, so yeah, you set up an inspector, but it's like a lot of time you set up like, uh, oh, I want to have a hardware key as a two-factor. But if the hardware key is not, it's missing, they will revert it back to telephone number.
7: I'll jump in uh, to answer that also. It's really crazy. For original crypto people that use Google two-factor authentication, the original setup, if you set up your uh, Google Authenticator a couple of years ago, it defaults and would send to an email address, and most people back then were using Gmail. And the easiest one to hack with the SIM swap was Gmail. They would get into your Gmail first, reset your authenticator, and can still get in through your authenticator because you hadn't fixed your 2FA. Yep. Uh, uh, another crazy fact about this, I've, got, I've done over 500 of them now. It's actually an old picture that says 350. Another crazy factor is most people are actually getting hacked because of the ledger hack. And now with FTX and Voyager, with all that going on, there was an API leak out of Coinbase where they were able to go into Coinbase, see your account balance, see what your two-factor authentication was, and they were able to confirm the last two digits of your phone number. And so ultimately, what these hackers did was they took all of these emails Went in, did the went in through the API and got into everybody's Coinbase accounts. I mean, it's absolutely it was crazy how easy it is. Now all these things are being fixed today, but I mean, we're going. We're still two years into litigation. T-Mobile was by far the worst. Verizon had the most high profile, and AT is getting a little bit better.
0: Yeah, T-Mobile well, so was. So you mean. said you said two things. First, David, I don't understand when you said they saw your two-factor authentication details uh, in Coinbase. Coinbase stores that information?
7: Yeah. There was a leak that you were able to sell that was sold on the dark web showing an email, an account balance, and what the two-factor authentication was and what the last two digits of your phone number
1: were. So that- what kind of two, tha- what kind of two factor authentication, so I'm gonna, yeah. like wh- whether, whether it was Google or tech, you couldn't actually get someone's six digit code. Oh, yeah. okay. OK, that's I'm posting a
7: picture to the feed right now of what information you were able to see so that you can kind of look at, you know, now this is obviously old. This isn't new. You can't do this anymore. This was at the time a couple of years ago. But this was the type of information that was leaked on the dark web. I just posted it. So you were able to see your MFA was two-factor like SMS, um, and you so,
1: yeah. Once they see your SMS, you're a target, right? I mean, that's really the crux of it. Yeah, I
7: mean, nowadays on T-Mobile, it's not just social engineering. You can go on the dark web and for $250, buy a key blocker that actually lets you into T-Mobile's account, uh, T-Mobile's login platforms. Now, obviously everyone's trying to get better nowadays and our litigation goes back, you know, a year or two, but there, I get calls every day. People are still getting sim swapped. And like everyone else here, I'm not just, I'm not just the president of the hair club for men. I'm a victim also. I was sim swapped, but you know, like, like everyone else, they, they went for my Coinbase account because I go everywhere. I say my, I sue Coinbase every day, but I, I all my cryptos there and they weren't able to get through. There are a variety of easy measures that people should be taking, but it's still happening every day.
0: Can you can you tell us what those measures are, David? So the first measure is that you should
7: not you should use Coinbase offers vaulting. I don't understand why anyone wouldn't use Coinbase vaulting. It's a free service they offer, but it's two emails in forty-eight hours. So on most sim swaps, when you learn that you're sim swapped, like I got sim swapped at 2:30 in the morning. So I wouldn't have known until I woke up at about 5 like 6:30 in the morning for 4 hours and they can empty out your accounts in about an hour. But if you use any service that any of the exchanges that allow for delays, you can sit you wouldn't you would wake up in the morning, you would see that your account was compromised, you would go onto some place like Coinbase or Gemini say my account was compromised and you wouldn't lose your money uh a second thing is you shouldn't use
0: one- hold on so david so what does vaulting do It just delays everything by 24 to 48 hours so you have time to
7: actually add- yeah, so it delays everything by 24 to 48 hours so if you're not day trading you can lock
1: up you can't get your yeah you can't get your money out for 48 hours as a as a yeah, it's a, it's like having that's a like that's a, yeah, that's a
0: yeah. very simple solution. I love yeah, it. And it and it's yeah, another
1: simple solution is to use like uh, for people use a YubiKey or some sort of, you know, uh, device that you have to actually plug into your physical computer and touch, which has become much more popular.
7: Mm. And also to emails, you shouldn't just use your like, I mean, the amount of people in crypto who have lost AOL accounts I see all the time now, like, I mean, who's still using an AOL or a Yahoo account? But these are the people, you know, it's now grandma and grandpa who are getting hacked every day. It's not the original Michael Turpin's like Turpin. And he's been very public about this. Uh, we had dinner last week. He had he was telling me, like, you know, his original he lost uh, the 22 million were mostly ICO tokens. But he was storing that information on an Excel, Google. I think it was a Google spreadsheet. spreadsheet. Yeah, it was a Google spreadsheet that had everything. I mean, people, OGs are getting better about OPSEC.
0: Okay, fair. So uh, I think for the, the, the answer to everyone is is take this seriously, but you said what, they, like we, we shouldn't be too concerned because one thing you also said at the end is that um, service providers, I think you mean phone providers, are becoming better at that. Uh, nah,
1: no. They, and they, by the way, I mean, you you can see the evolution of how this all happens. Whatever steps the phone companies and such take to prevent this, the hackers are going to get one step ahead. They always have.
7: Well, criminals criminals always see. do, so hopefully guys like me have a job. I'm with Scott, you know? I'm, I'm, I need <laughs> it to keep happening.
0: Um, in other news, Scott, we've got two other pieces of news. The India one we've talked about it already, uh, but that's you know for me just two things. Coinbase is not getting banned in India. I think they've been banned since uh, June. Not banned, but they've yeah, halted I mean, new accounts. Yeah. yeah, So they've halted uh, the people to people are not allowed to open a new account on Coinbase or at least send money to their Coinbase account since June. So it's been around for a while, uh, but anyone that has an account has money in it could still use it. So it's nothing new. The only developer now is actually actually nothing. There there is no developer. There's just a bunch of accounts that had that breached terms and service for one reason reason or another, and they were asked to kind of close their account and take money out. But the Coinbase is not being banned in India, and, and India is working towards getting more regulatory clarity. We talked about this earlier at the G20 summit, but also on a, on a local level, um, we've got um, uh, India, you know, you know, heading in the right direction. So that's on the on the India news. Um the, the point here is that India will decide its, trans on crypt, its stance on crypto over the next few months, and that's based on the, the G20 deliberations. Um, and they've been urging other uh, members, other G20 members to do the same. But the, the other piece of news, Scott, is FTX. Got a lot of liquidations coming in, a lot of fear there. And yeah, I said earlier, gone. I think it's already been priced in. Where do you stand on this?
1: Yeah, I think, well, I think that the market might be reacting to it as a narrative more than it has anything to do with the actual liquidation, which could have had something to do with some of the downside we're seeing today. I did just see that in our, uh, News group that the current assets of FTX exchange have been published uh, in court files, uh, which is interesting. I'm literally digging into it right now. I don't know where it is in the file. Yeah, I'll
0: let you, yeah, I'll let, yeah, I'll let you dig into it. Let me ask David a quick question on this. 1 billion
1: uh, in Solana, they have, by the way. 1 billion, 162 million worth of Solana. 560 million in Bitcoin, 192 million in ETH. Uh, and dig beyond there.
0: What were what were the numbers before? Did people was the estimate around a billion? I,
1: I'm not sure. This is different, obviously. By the way, than what people are saying would be sold off immediately. Uh, and we know that a ton of that Solana is vesting, and you know they, they don't yeah actually till twenty have it. Yep.
0: till twenty twenty eight. But yeah. that's but that's 20, crazy. That's fifteen percent of supply, of total supply. Total yeah, market 20. cap of yeah total market cap of of uh, of Solana is just over seven billion, and they've got a billion out of it. So that's actually a lot of pressure on Solana. Again, that's already... But then if you think of it, that's been priced in as soon as FTX got hacked. Uh, yeah, I mean, Solana there's, a reason, just got a
1: there's a reason Solana $8, eight dollars already.
0: Yeah, it's at $17 now. But David, I wanted to ask you a quick question on this. Um, in the... Um, any filing in, in the documents, it the, the the U.S. trustees opposing the motion of FTX uh, converting its crypto into fiat, citing a violation of local rule 4001-2 applicable to cash collateral and financing requests in, buy, in in bankruptcy cases. So my question to you is that, you know, what does that mean? It doesn't seem anyone's hopeful that FTX won't be liquidating their crypto. But, uh, you know, is there any hope that, that that liquidation doesn't even take place? You are so beyond my knowledge of bankruptcy
7: law on that one. Um, but that will be an issue that gets resolved. Um, in the other bankruptcy cases, they've successfully done that. I think that's more about a timing issue. They will they will end up being able to convert it. but the trustee and the committee will eventually the trustee of the committee and Sullivan and Cromwell for FTX, they'll eventually circle back. It will be sold. I think there're just issues about when they want to sell it and other things, but it's not a no, they won't be able to sell.
0: Yeah, and so, uh, so is there any possibility they end up distributing the crypto as crypto instead of distributing it as cash? Or there's no Voyager way that could happen?
1: It. Voyager did it.
7: It's it's possible. One of the issues, and this was a little different than Voyager, is because some of the crypto that's missing, if how do you distribute to one person and one crypto, and then say to another person, you're not getting your crypto. The committee, uh, the committee has taken a position. My presumption is there's enough large amount of crypto here. Some people will be able to get it back in crypto. But it's a problem, you know. Let's say you were holding a different coin. Why should one person get crypto and another person not? It's a big issue. I eventually, it's going to come down to some people will get crypto. I think.
8: Interesting. I could go. I go ahead and shed shed some light on this. Uh, the objection by the U.S. trustee. The U.S. trustee generally, you know, is it, it's an it's an arm of the Department of Justice and effectively, you know, help a hand helper to to the court um, and needs to make sure that all procedures are being followed properly. Essentially, you're not allowed to go ahead in a bankruptcy case. A debtor is not allowed to go ahead without permission and spend cash on things that are outside the ordinary course of business. They need to get permission. And there's there's a tension here, uh, as there is in in bankruptcy cases now, uh, oftentimes, especially with crypto, regarding confidentiality right what you don't want to do is for the trust for for the debtor to go out there and spell out exactly its liquidation plans because then everyone's going to go ahead and effectively time the market on those trades right and the debtor is saying look i need some flexibility and i need some anonymity in a, in 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 some sense uh in terms of going out there and selling it the trustee has, unfortunately, no upside in this situation and, frankly, just has to say, look, you've got to give people notice on these things. Maybe you could go ahead and file the notice under seal so that it doesn't get out there publicly. But, frankly, you can't just go ahead and do this because it it flies in the face of the bankruptcy rules, bankruptcy code as well. And so, therefore, there's just this tension. Like David said, I agree, this is going to get worked out, just like customer lists gets worked out and things like that. Um, i think this will come to an easier resolution uh, than customer lists and and P- everybody wants you know the highest value to go ahead and be garnered by the sale of these assets and obviously doesn't want to go ahead and give the market a heads up exactly how things are going to be liquidated
0: it's got the question to you man and it's, it's probably the last question that i have is do you think that's all been priced in like i think the markets it, 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 i just don't expect it to impact the market much Just a bit of selling pressure but the selling pressure other than solana's very limited. There's enough
1: liquidity yeah, there for the amount I mean, that we mentioned. The holdings right now, I, I just uh, actually posted the chart. It's about 1.1 billion in Solana. As we know, like I said, those are it's not all uh, at the same time. 560 million Bitcoin, 192 million ETH, and it goes down dramatically from there. I mean, we do know that small sales can rock this market right now because there's so little liquidity on altcoins. But but to be frank, I don't know who's doing the selling or how it's going to work, but didn't we see that they uh, are working with uh, Galaxy and Mike Novogratz to handle the actual uh, liquidations and all the actual trading. And I, and I can't imagine that those guys are going to just, I mean, they're not going to just openly dump all of this on the market. Like I said, I think there's a narrative thing. Um, you think people are scared and it doesn't take much right now to see sell-offs in altcoins and a small sell-off leads to huge drops because like i said there's no liquidity to me this is just a narrative it'll be forgettable but it doesn't take more than a narrative to see you know a few percent downside but like will the actual selling of some random coin by ftx dramatically move the market no because they'll probably except use solana them. but they'll they'll probably probably
6: Solana's. But that's over a
1: long time and yeah yeah exactly and, and, and uh like I, don't, like I said, if they if they took a billion dollars in Solana, which they can't, by the way, I'm not saying that, and sold it all at once, yeah, it would destroy the price of Solana dramatically. But uh, these guys are going to use market makers, and they're going to, you know, be selling ex- exceptionally slowly. I would imagine they'll do some of it OTC. So I think the narrative that, that people should understand it's not like FTX just said how a much
0: question how much did they spend on uh, on the entire bankruptcy process do you know approximately last, so uh, la-
1: last i had checked ftx was in the lead by a massive amount which is kind of crazy considering that they only started in november and a lot started in june or july but they were over 300 million dollars so if you did that's the math, crazy it that's was crazy. about 1.4 million dollars a day since the collapse they've spent on lawyers fees and by the way they're, they're nowhere close they're nowhere close to be done no, they're nowhere close to be done. But, no, no, they, hold, on, now, hold on, hold on. Now I will say in defense of all the other ones. Like, if you were a Voyager creditor, like my, myself, obviously, you know, we saw failed deals with Binance and FTX that were both exceptionally expensive, and it was literally just a waste. They could have liquidated on day one. In the defense of the FTX lawyers, I'm not saying they're worth that amount of money, but they have recovered seemingly billions and billions of dollars of money that will eventually go to creditors. So 300 million to spend on lawyers who have discovered billions that should eventually be chopped up, that might actually be a somewhat more justified expense.
0: You're just being nice because David's on stage, but I'll give no, it to you. No, I, I,
1: it's not. It's not even that. I'm just saying, like, if they, if if FDX had liquidated on day one and they had never gone and found those assets, and that had, been, you know, people would have gotten maybe a lot less than they will in the future after having the lawyers help. That's not the case with a Voyager, like. You know, every bankruptcy here is different. They're all complete fucking scams, to be but, quite but, but when
0: you But when you say lawyers found those, what do you mean found those? What do you mean lawyers found those? Did they David, just see a bunch of accountants. Meet? Yeah, like what did lawyers do to find these things? Like these are just hidden wallets and stuff. Don't you have people, analysts, accountants looking through paperwork and, and wallets? Too. Yeah, I
7: mean ult- ultimately there's a lot of work that goes into this. But think about it. If the FTX case – and remember, most of it was international, not FTX US where the money was missing – on day one, there was an $8 billion hole. Right now, that hole is is supposedly much less. And if they do cover up the $8 billion hole, then you pay your professional's top dollar. Of the $300 million, you have to remember a lot of that is other professionals working alongside the lawyers to cover those costs. And those are the people uh, that you're talking about. Those are the, you know, I think chain analysis, TRM uh, are on board. You have the different companies. You had to unwind all of the investments. You had to do all of these other things. So, again, as long as the ultimately, if there is much less of a loss. Now, ironically, that helps SPF in his argument if there's no money lost, that these lawyers did such a fantastic job. But at the end of the day, you got to pay your professional's top dollar to get uh, good results. So
0: I'm
1: all for that. SPF can complain about that in 30 years when he gets out of jail.
0: What's the what's the difference between the money that was that they've recovered so far and the money owed to users? Does anyone know the difference between the two? What's the whole now?
1: We don't David? know exactly, right
0: David?
7: I don't think we know the actual number yet, but it's much smaller than what was projected in November 2022.
1: I mean, Is it still in I mean, the Is billions. it still
7: 10 figures? Is it still in the ten figures? A billion dollars here, a billion dollars there. It adds up eventually. But I don't know the actual hole. But I think it's. I think we're approaching a. Oh, yeah. I think we're approaching much smaller than ten figures.
1: Yeah. Wow. That's such, a, such a pretty successful. Okay, yeah. Cool. So I mean, you know, I, like you said, those people all work for the lawyers, Mario. So somebody's got to pay them too, at a uh, extreme premium. Yeah. And By
0: the way, the market has recovered, Scott. How's the market now? Because when we started the space, it started dumping.
1: I don't know. I just see a whole lot of red still. Now Bitcoin's down further than when we started. It's still dumping, and now it's kind of below those levels we were talking about. It's at twenty-five thousand one thirty-eight at the moment. I think when we started, it was about twenty-five four, twenty-five five. So it's down another four hundred bucks or something. Hold on. Is that like a ma- move? Is,
0: is that major though? Like being below twenty-five thousand two hundred. That's the number that you and Gareth and others mentioned
1: a lot. Is that? Is that I mean, concerning it, we, or we, not we yet around it? We need yeah. To close I mean, there. Yeah, I would say it's concerning, but listen, you know, market's going to do what the market's going to do. But uh, you know, two, 20, I'm looking at uh, on Coinbase, the low of this entire sort of uh, cycle in August was 25,234. Now we're at 25,079. Consider it c- continuing down. Uh, but like I said, that 25,200, that was the first level that was broken on the upside to sort of end the quote-unquote bear, bear bear market, right? Or the bear structure. All the people who have come on and said, hey, we're back in a bull market. Kind of got to hold twenty-five thousand structurally to to keep that argument. But by the way, that's on the weekly chart, so you got six six more days really to to, to take a look at that. But this is really a key area, and so even though it's only three or four hundred dollars drops here and there, this is the area that you want to see hold as support. So the smaller moves are a little. So more
0: twenty-five. Bigger. So what what's more important, twenty-five thousand two hundred or twenty-five thousand?
1: I, it's, that's all the same, to be quite honest, like, uh, uh, in in my mind, uh, I would say, you know, for me looking at it technically 25,214, but, uh, you know, it's uh, grasping at straws. It's did
2: you say (laughs) 25,214?
1: Yes. Well, every exchange also has a different lows and and different prices. So uh, unique to, to this, uh, market is that each exchange has its own chart. Like when we saw that drop, obviously in August, I, I think, I stopped using Bitstamp, which I've been using forever. That didn't even drop below 26,000. I think Binance went to 25,100, OKX to 24,200. So when you get these high moments of volatility in a somewhat illiquid market like this, the charts can look actually very, very different depending on the exchange that you're looking at.
0: So cool. on this depressing note, I think we can wrap it. I know, Scott, you're heading to um, uh, Singapore tomorrow. I'll be skipping this time
1: Hold on. Are, are, you, are you messing around? You, do you have
0: time or no? Don't mess with me.
1: I, I have two. I have two hours tomorrow night in the Dubai airport. And Gorov, your your buddy, is on my flight, the second leg.
0: Yeah, I, I know about Gorov being on your flight, but that means I have to check in. You will you have time to check out? Because I can't get through security unless I have a flight.
1: I have two hours. What do you think? You're the Dubai guy
0: uh I, I would say yes 100 percent but i don't know about you man i don't know how 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 I mean, ADD uh, we, are. we
1: can discuss this not in a public forum we gotta you know, no so bro got we're to,
0: discussing uh, it Mario we're discussing we're
1: standing with our cell phones out and our two-factor authenticators on the corner of yeah no maybe we shouldn't you know discuss what's location, your flight so. what's your flight number scott um, I'm good. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Guys, I pr- appreciate you all. We'll see you. So, so Scott and Rand will be in Singapore uh, tomorrow. Uh, sorry, uh, whatever, a couple of days, whatever it is. Um, uh, so you can meet them there. Uh, I will not. Leave me alone. I appreciate you all. We'll see you again tomorrow morning. Scott, any final words?
1: No, man, I think it's good. I just really want to stress to people how important it is to to take your security seriously. And the, it, you said it earlier, this is not a shill at all, I have no no reason to say it. But Haseeb and his company, if you're in the United States, maybe you guys have gone uh, abroad as well. But you, you can very easily just take this one uh, major headache off your plate by uh, just I getting think- your SIM secured.
0: Yeah, one other thing. Hasib, if you could please message me, um, I'd be. Oh, Scott, if you could, could, could connect us on WhatsApp, that'd be great. Of course. Um, what I'll give you my S plus six one four two two eight three four two one Hasib. Please do connect with me on WhatsApp. Would be great. Um, also, two other things, guys. Uh, Ascendex, we've partnered with Ascendex. Um, and so anyone that has a project that wants to launch. Um, on Ascendex, hit us up. We've got a very close partnership where you can list on there at a very, pretty quickly at a pretty good price if you get approved, and we work with you as well. We work with your team. Um, so if you're interested, hit me or Ryan up. Just DM us and uh, not Scott. Scott is unaffiliated with this. No,
1: my and, yeah with that, but, but yeah. Generally, my DMs are open now, though. I just want. Yes,
0: to you can only message Scott. I know, but only message Scott if you want to sponsor the show. Me, Scott, and Ryan, if you want to sponsor the show. Me and Ryan, if you're interested for a Sendex. And lastly, the the the. Our oh, not here. The ugly logo, the red one on stage with the white circle. Just uh, go to that one and follow it. go to your phone. Takes you a minute, please. Follow that account because we're going to be hosting spaces from there. Again, Haseeb. Hey, Mario, really quick. Plus, I hold on, to bro. I need to give my phone number to Haseeb, please. It's important. Haseeb, it's plus 6148224434. I just need him to message me on WhatsApp about phone security and SIM swapping. I can make this happen. You know, Like it's, I, it,
6: we don't need to what? do it on the public no, forum. No, but. No. I, I'm just thinking like how brave of Mario is to give it number publicly he's doing it on purpose he's him. doing it on purpose to make a point sim swap him Scott <laughs> okay. uh,
0: okay. Scott any uh, what, do you want to say something
1: yeah, the final point here was that uh, it, uh, I just saw in our news group, bankrupt FTX has seven billion in assets, including 38 properties in the Bahamas worth 200 million. Court filing shows. So to give an idea, uh, I don't know if that uh, I can't remember what the exact number was before in the assets they have, but to answer the question, right now they have seven billion in assets. I'm, I'm, looking, at the
4: same,
7: I'm looking at the same filing. It's 8.7 billion missing, seven million, so 1.7 billion still missing.
1: Well, yeah, but that's a hell of a lot better than 8 if it costs $350 million to find, to, to the point.
0: Yeah, but uh, I'd say based on the Voyager experience, what we saw there, um, I think they would have found that amount for a lot less money, and the bankruptcy process in the U.S. is oh, yeah. mind-boggling to me, yeah, it, but I it agree. is what it is. Yeah, I agree. You know I I'm hate not, it I'm not more than anyone. Yeah, I, I highly yeah, recommend, any if you know any... About, any yeah. b- yeah, if you know any bankruptcy lawyers, everyone, make sure you, follow, you unfollow them. And I think we have got to make a rule as of today, Scott. No more bankruptcy lawyers on our stage. Would you agree?
1: I don't think we've had any bankruptcy lawyers, just lawyers. Oh, just so David is kinds. not. Hold on, David is yeah. not a
0: bankruptcy lawyer. I was just messing around. <laughs> not technically.
1: <laughs> I, I I can't afford the bankruptcy. My joke like doesn't that. work if it's,
0: if, if, if he he's not a bankruptcy. He, was. he wishes. Okay, he was. <laughs> damn it. All right, well I'll take my joke back. All right, everyone. I'll see you tomorrow. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye.